Now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Here we go again. It's Shout Out with Steffi Barnett and the one and only Laura Lalemi. Hello. This week, Saski chats to diversity champion, content producer and comedian Rosie Turner. Matthew is not here, unfortunately. I know you were expecting him because he was in all the social medias. Hmm. So you got me instead. And we've also got the LGBTQ works from nowhere. That's the top 10 books for you. Oh, um, we bring you a roundup of all the LGBTQ plus news and all that on Shout Out. Well, well, well. I will tell you where we will start. There's a new train. Andy. There is, yes. Uh, it's one of the Great Western uh, IET sets has been named after Alan Turing. Oh. And it's got oh. the, uh, the it's got the um, progress flag. It has. It's got the pro progress flag on yeah, it as well, which is um, which is very good. Yes, I, I love the train. It's, it's quite. It looks brand new, is it, or is it just uh, an old one? It's, well, it's what it, it is almost new. It's one. It's one of the IET sets, so it's only about two years old. So. And that's going to be running between what Paddington and uh, Bristol and Cardiff. Paddington, Bristol, Cardiff, also Paddington and Penzance. So it'll also do the mm. Penzance because ah, okay. they're they're. they're are bimodal, so they're uh, diesel and uh, electric, so they go under the wires as far as Swindon if you're coming down via Bath and, or down across, down to the West Country, or under the wires completely across to Cardiff, where it swaps then to diesel to go on to Swansea. Okay, so I join the bus um, and the police cars and the fire tenders, yep. um, which most cities have got. I think London have got a couple of um, rainbow buses, and I know in, in Bristol we've got... Um, we have a Pride bus. We've yes. got the Pride bus, yeah, <laughs> and police cars. Yeah. Where would we be without the the? Well, yeah, the Pride buses. And, and there's a Pride flag. Well, yeah, putting Pride flags and everything is yeah. great. And it, what is nice is the progress flag as well. Yes. yes. That's, yeah. that's very nice to see. And I guess the council will be flying that. Or, well, all councils around the country, I guess. Yeah. With the progress flag. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, because um, I remember when it first came out, it was a lot of like, mm, I don't know. But now it's like very much been adopted. It, so I'm very glad. So. Yeah. yeah, I think most yeah. of the community say, yeah, it was the right thing to do. And Gilbert Baker, who invented the first rainbow flag in 1978, said, yes, of course it should be updated. Yeah. yeah. Your microphone's not sounding good, Terry. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Swing the other one around. I will. You are, I've heard you're a swinger. I, 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 I can swing quite well. I'll do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the ONS from, is it 2014? The, yeah, 2014 to 2020. Um, yeah. The level of, well, the number of gay people, queer people has gone up and it's increased. Why um, would it not? It's just one big party here. It's, it's not even just. I mean, the gay atten- uh, agenda is working, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the fact that, like, it's so it's getting more and more comfortable to be queer, like to be LGBTQIA+. So I don't... Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily increasing or that more people are identifying as LGBTQ. Do you know what I mean? It's like the ability to actually say you are and know that you're not going to... Because before, in 2014, you could say you were, but like you still think there's repercussions from your work. Do you know what I mean? And like I'd still... I still felt like... That's when I first entered university and I I know I would have felt... 
I felt okay, but like I wouldn't have talked about it now. Whereas now you can't stop me being gay, gayer than ever in university. I'm like, I'm gay, this is the agenda. Um, but yeah, like, that, like, I don't think anyone cares anymore. Whereas, and it's interesting, isn't it? The different societies have different conceptions of sexuality yeah. through time mm. and gender through time. So different people may conceive of themselves in that framework. So like in the Roman period, certainly for men, I'm obviously women had a lesser status in the Roman Empire, but for men, it was quite acceptable for you to have sex with women, with your male slaves, with you know, it, it was it was just different. Yeah, you know. It's so I and I think that always will forever blow my mind the fact that we're acting like it's increased when really our society has always been very queer. It's just our acceptance level hasn't. Do you know what I mean? It has, and I think now we've lowered that barrier to people coming out. I think more people are identifying with it, and especially like I tend to agree. I, there's this program that yeah that I watched that like it's just like I don't think men especially have the ability or the the nuance to actually identify as gay because there's still a lot of stigma. So I wonder if in the next twenty six years that that will also change and it will be yeah. more opening up but it can only get better right absolutely yeah, yeah I'm right with you Laura um, brand new track now from uh, Jamie Jamal Ooh. the shout out podcast that's Jamie Jamal and a little ditty called sister from another mister like in the title there Jamie nothing fun now Sasuke is back Sasuke chats to Rosie Turner Welcome to Shout Out Radio and my Sasky Chats. And this week, I'm excited to speak to the multi-talented and out and proud Rosie Turner. Rosie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, Rosie. Uh, for the people listening, what you won't know is that we're doing this quite early in the morning. And as um, professional artists, we early mornings for sometimes is a bit too much. And I've had loads of coffee already, but I'm ready. I'm wired, basically. <laughs> So yeah. me too. I've had a cuppa. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good. Um, Rosie, for those who may not know or want to know a bit more, tell us a bit about yourself and your fabulous work. Yeah, uh, gosh, what do I say? Um, so I am a comedian. I'm a content creator. Um, and I also work across production. So I've been doing that for like a number of years now. Um, but yeah, sort of anything in the comedy world, anything in the creative world, um, Anything gay too, all over that. <laughs> I know it's really important, isn't it? That it's all got the gay stuff going off. Um, and that's why I love this radio show because I do, that's the whole point, spotlighting people who are doing fabulous things, being out and proud, um, you know, within the community because that's, that's what we need, isn't it? Um, you are multi-talented and you do do lots of different things, uh, a bit a bit like myself, you know, as multi-talented lesbians. Um, tell me, what do you prefer? Because you work both sides of the camera as well, don't you? Is there anything that you kind of prefer doing in terms of your work? Yeah, I mean, so I did a degree in, in film and TV, so I was always sort of behind the camera, um, like from, you know, like teenage age upwards. Um, and then I started doing more stuff on camera, sort of presenting and, and doing comedy. Um, it's a bit of a strange one. Like, I won't lie, I do like doing stuff on camera more so than being behind camera, but girls got to pay a bill sometimes, got to pay a bills. <laughs> Pay my telephone bill. Uh, you have to. I know. I know what you mean. But it, I think it's nice to do to be able to kind of 
have the options to kind of dip in and dip out of doing stuff because I thought obviously you you have um transferable skills in that but you learn more you get to meet more people you see different sides of it um you know with your work um I do love your sketches though I I was uh, just topping up on them again last night (laughs) uh, as I was watching um your shows and and uh, you know I saw you did your Killing Eve uh, parody as well and I love the accent honestly I, (laughs) I actually have written in my questions in brackets great great accent <laughs> um, yeah. it was as if she was there and I was like oh if I just close my eyes um, <laughs> no it was you know it was really it was really good and then also you've got uh, obviously Karen from HR I did did really enjoy it everyone has a Karen from HR <laughs> in their life who probably is a bit psychotic as she is and uh, you know for those yeah well I can't give too much away listeners you're gonna have to have to watch <laughs> but then you've got Dawn of Big Hoof uh, Big Hoof Farm and um, where do you kind of <laughs> I know anyone just kind of tuning in when they start listening about what the hell have I tuned into? Is this shout out radio or what? Uh, we've got Dawn from Big Who Farm uh, online. Um, <laughs> what, um, you know, you obviously being very creative, you know, where do you kind of get that sort of creative inspiration from uh, to make these reels? Like, how's it, how, how does your brain work? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's literally just a word. So, like, going back to what you said about the killing eve thing like sometimes i just pick up on like phrases or things that people say and then i either can learn that accent or i can sort of take what they've said and then turn it into more of a character it usually comes with actually people's accents so the dawn hoof one was because um i met a lady in devon who worked um in like a dairy sort of farm like doing yogurts and things and she was just so like bubbly and fun and absolutely nothing like the character Dawn Hoof but her accent just really stuck with me and then I came home and I found myself sort of going like that love and you know thinking oh like should we do this or do that or you know Devon's this and and I was like how can I make this into a character um so it usually starts with like either somebody that I've met um or you know like a word that I've heard (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I under, I know what you mean, and and you're really good at doing your accents and stuff, and I think that helps massively, doesn't it? You know, with characters and stuff like that, um, and that's great. Uh, so uh, the other thing I wanted to obviously we're all about spotlighting the the, the LGBTQ plus community, um, and I you know I love that you're an out and proud lesbian. We recently celebrated Lesbian Visibility Week. <laughs> yeah, two two fingers up to that, but the opposite way, uh, not not <laughs> fu way. Um, so uh, the cool way, people. Uh, you know, celebrating Lesbian Visibility Week, why is it important or how important even is it for you to be out and proud, you know, in your work, obviously considering the industry you're in um, and I guess everyday life? I think it it is really important. I think it's something that I shied away from for a long time while I was sort of really getting to understand myself and and like what I wanted to put out in the world. Um, I think recently, like I've been doing a lot of stuff on TikTok where I've been doing um, like story time sort of things, like sharing my experiences. Um, It started off like dating stories and then it's moved into um, more so like interactions that I've had with people or being a lesbian on a night out, being a lesbian in this situation, coming out at work. And the responses have been really, really interesting. Um, But the reason why I think it's important is because I still get comments on those videos from the general public. Um, 
saying things like you don't look like a lesbian what are you on about being gay uh, isn't something that you were born with it's a lifestyle choice and I think the more content that I make that kind of normalizes and educates people about that whether it is through like stuff like this just chatting or whether it's through comedy it's exposing everybody to you know the queer community and I think there's still so much work to be done quite frankly not to kind of bring the, the tone down on the podcast or anything but you know there's still a majority of people out there who don't understand the queer community and interpret you know stuff that we do in 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 not the right way yeah no it's true it's absolutely true I mean and that's that's the reality of why you know we need to have that visibility you know don't we um, um, because there is a lot of ignorance out there and mm-hmm. uh, you know often if people don't kind of if it's not part of your everyday life or your world or in any part any way shape or form then you obviously have these kind of small-minded or narrow-minded views of what what that is um whether they're positive or negative sometimes more often than not they tend to be more negative um thinking about the reality of the industry that you're in uh, and that visibility and keeping that kind of uh, going i mean have you ever faced any like discrimination or homophobia lesphobia um in in your work or or you know seen how it could lead people to stay kind of in the closet if you like i think for me like the majority of the issues that i face just being quite stereotypically female presenting in the way that i dress and sort of am um is just people just don't realize that i'm gay so if i'm actually working with people who are lgbt plus like i'm automatically assumed to be sort of like an ally or straight i'm never assumed to be somebody who is actually part of that community so i find myself having to sort of come out like on every single job that i do um whether that's in front of camera or behind and i think sometimes it's worse behind camera because you're not only battling with that but you're also battling with the fact that you're a female like I was on the job the other day and um I was taking some photographs and people just assumed assumed either that I was not part of the team or that I was just there on some sort of like work experience and I had to kind of say like I am I am actually like a professional crew member here um and I think it takes people back sometimes because they're like oh a female or you know somebody who's who's in film or who's doing videography and doing that because it's, it's such a male d- dominated world mm. yeah I mean and this is the thing isn't it people kind of um forget about the challenges the daily challenge that the challenges that many people may experience particularly for, you know when we think about intersectionality you know you're for you as an example you know not just as a lesbian as a female um you know for other people the other sort of parts of their identity that they may experience including sexism racism homophobia you know disabledism whatever that may be um and sometimes and that's why in fact it's so important to have sort of that visibility and education and awareness around you know around the community and, and around you know the fact of why it's important to be inclusive and have that understanding um i know we kind of do have a long way i hate saying that do you know what i'm so bored of saying we have a long way to go but we bloody do <laughs> it's frustrating we're all flying the flag and we're all going oh you know we know i don't want to change the turn the tone either and, and make it all political but obviously we know that there, we've, we've still got these challenges and struggles particularly at the minute for our trans community um, yeah. and and all of these kind of i guess you know um, you have to be quite robust, really, to be part of this co- uh, the, the community. You have to be strong and resilient to say, actually, I'm here. And good for you, you know, standing up and, and saying, you know, I am a, a valid part. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the tea. The tea girl. 
yeah. not being the tea girl, but she's not being paid to be the tea girl, people, okay? All you well, it's, it's funny that you say that because I asked for a cup of tea and everybody, everybody was taken back by it. So I was like, can I get like a brew as well? You know, I'm just, just as well as everybody else. I was like, but we thought you were making it. Yeah. <laughs> you are the person we're expecting to make the tea. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> but no, it is true. And, you know, and, and that's why you have to, like say, that's why I asked, because I know that, you know, what we see on TV and our screens now, you know, again, a lot of people would assume that, yes, we have queer characters, we have more people of colour, you know, it's all amazing. Um, but it's still, again, it's just the icing on the cake it does touch the surface, doesn't it? And um, and it doesn't mean, and, and that's what you I even hear as a, you know, as a consultant trainer often oh well you're all right now you can get married you can have kids mm-hmm. uh, no the, let's get real about the situation um so you know so it is something that people need to to kind of still have awareness about so yeah keep flying that visibility flag girlfriend uh it's all it's all good um well with that you know like you say there'll be a lot of people that want to get into your industry from the from the queer community uh people that want to uh you know whether they want to be either side of the screen you know but even just about confidence in general I think and that is quite a tough industry to kind of crack isn't it you know Mm -hmm. um what would you say to those kind of budding young young queers uh that you know might want to be presenters or script writers or you know but also not even just about having the confidence to it but maybe worried about you know being out in that industry you know any kind of tips Mm -hmm. well firstly like yeah it's all about what you feel comfortable sort of telling people and you know, how much you want to let on about your life in these situations where you're working with people. Um, Generally, I would say like the media industry and the TV and film industry, there's a lot of LGBT people who work in it. Um, You are going to probably face some discrimination, but maybe less so than in, you know, more kind of, what do you call them, like classic industries. Um, I would say that if you're young and you're queer and you want to get into film and TV and and creative stuff, like start with um, LGBTQ plus spaces, um, events. If you want to get into like filming and photography, then maybe you can find um, a queer event and offer to do like their free um, photography and uh, like prep work for it. Or if you want to do um, like podcasting or radio or presenting, like start your own stuff, um, start your own like TikTok, start your own Instagram, start your own podcast. Um, I think that everybody like has got a story to tell, no matter who you are, you've always got an angle on it. So I think that everyone should just, just start is like the major thing that I always say just start doing something no matter how rubbish it is at the start it's always going to be rubbish but then it'll get better and then you'll find yourself absolutely you've just got to take the first step haven't you and then it's the yeah. next the next the next um so yeah that's really great advice there Rosie thank you I'm sure there'll be many of our listeners um, out there that will be interested in this you know that want to get involved in and I think you should anyone listening actually take that advice and and transfer it to anything you want to do you know not just about getting into this kind of you know media industry and presenting whatever you want to do just about taking that first step knowing that you're not alone um and that you do have the queer community there are queer spaces there are queer online spaces that you can talk to someone um, about being your true authentic self with confidence um rosie as always time flies when we are having fun um where can people find your good self if they want to follow you uh, not literally i always say we're not looking at <laughs> where can people find you online <laughs> or at 
you can follow me on TikTok. It's Rosie Turner Daily. So there's a lot of queer content on there. That's where I'm doing most of my stuff these days. Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much, Rosie, for um, chatting to me today. I know we've been trying to get a date in for ages, but I'm so pleased we've managed to do it. Um, and good luck with everything. And keep being your lesbian fabulous self. All right. Queer out. Shout out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Podcast. Huey Lewis. And the news. And talking of news, see, I see what Matthew did there. He put the show together. He's done that on purpose, haven't he? He's a pro. That's a good segue. Yeah. Yeah, only in, only in this case it's um, it's Mr. Star Woo. and the news. Oh, power of love. Shout out news on Thursday the 26th of May. Mark Drakeford, the First Minister for Wales, has told the Welsh Senate in Cardiff that it is with regret that the far-right preacher Franklin Graham is to be allowed to hold a rabble-rousing rally at the International Convention Centre in Newport. Mr Drakeford was responding to a question from Plaid Cymru leader Adam Price, who spoke for many by pointing out that Mr Franklin Graham is a fringe extremist, having lauded pariah state Russia for its homophobic policies and its antagonism towards the human rights of atheists LGBTQIA plus people and pagans amongst others. Tributes have been paid to Margot Human, who was the first known lesbian Jewish survivor of a Nazi death camp during the Second World War. She has passed on at the age of 94. Miss Human and her family were sent by the murderous Nazi government of Germany to a ghetto in 1942. Ultimately, Human was sent to a Bergen-Belsen, the concentration camp. In April 1945, the British liberated the camp and found that Miss Human was there just... £77 in weight. She was in hospital for two months and then moved by the Red Cross to Sweden to recuperate. Miss Human moved to New York in 1947 and discovered lesbian nightlife, which influenced her decision to stay. During the 1950s, she worked with an advertising agency and was dating the editor of the prestigious magazine, The New Yorker. She had two children by a male colleague and at the age of 88 moved to Arizona Desert, where she lived her final years with her dog. And tributes have been pouring in for Uvashi Vade, who was passed on to the realm of our ancestors at the age of 64. Ms Vade's achievements, noted the Newswire LGBTQ nation, were considerable and included working for Boston's Gay Community News in the 1970s, the HIV and AIDS project of the American Civil Liberties Union, and serving three years as executive director of the National Lesbian and Gay Task Force. Dr Warren J. Blumenfeld, who worked with Ravashi Vade in the 70s, said that she maintained a vision of LGBTQIA plus liberation that went beyond the reformist aims of many centrist gay groups, such as campaigning for marriage equality. We were instead, he remarked, calling for a restructuring of society by demolishing the patriarchal white supremacist systems that marginalise so many and privilege so few. Ms. Vade is survived by Olok Vade Menon, as well as her long-term partner, the political humorist Kate Clinton. 
Peter Tatchell, the human rights campaigner and former activist in groups such as the Gay Liberation Front and Outrage, has been recognised with the granting of the Sheila McKechnie Long-Term Achievement Award. The Sheila McKechnie Foundation honours the life of another seasoned campaigner. Ms McKechnie was active in the trade union movement, in the housing charity Shelter and in the Consumer Association before her death in 2004. The left-wing weekly paper Socialist Worker reports that around 500 people of all genders and sexualities united for women's abortion rights in a protest at the American Embassy in London, which was called on the 14th of May in solidarity with similar actions within the US itself. The paper says that if Roe versus Wade is overturned, women and their families will suffer. Speakers from several women's liberation and anti-racist groups spoke at the beginning of the protest. Fiona from the Black Liberation Alliance said abortion bans will disproportionately affect black women. They are three times more likely to die in childbirth than their white counterparts. John Harris, writing in The Guardian, says that the poor performance of the new Murdoch-owned talk and opinion TV network, Talk TV, and its rival, the equally right-wing GB News, is indicative that the peak for moral outrage TV may have peaked some time ago, with the harsh realities of recession making people crave traditional and supposedly liberal media outlets such as the BBC or even Sky. Talk TV's nightly audience is said to be so low that it even falls behind the small-scale minority language stations S4C in Wales and BBC Alba in Scotland. Now, we want to alert our LGBTQIA plus Christian listeners and their friends within the Anglican Communion of a very active and interesting blog by and for Christians interested in progressive approaches to theology and sexuality. Viamedia.news is updated nearly every day with contributions from across the clergy and deals supportively with LGBTQIA plus women's and minority issues in the Church of England and its equivalents such as the Church in Wales. A very large number of esteemed clerical figures have contributed essays and thoughts and their engagement with LGBTQIA plus Christians will stimulate and give much support to spiritual journeys. LGBTQ plus shop, an online business selling pride memorabilia and merchandise, have been in touch with their supporters to say that a new range of themed shirts is in stock, ready for the Queen's Jubilee weekend. Whether you want a tongue-in-cheek reference to being a queen or something more respectful, there are seven queen-themed items of apparel available. The dance music legend Hazel Dean remarked on Facebook, Yes, I need a t-shirt reading the Queen of High Energy Music. And we couldn't agree more. Hazel has designed several of the pride range of shirts the shop sells. To browse, visit www.thelgbtqshop.com. And finally, in the world of entertainment, Queerly Radio in London reports that the much-awaited reboot of Queer as Folk, with Russell T Davis writing about the diverse LGBTQIA plus communities of the US, has secured a distribution channel in the United Kingdom. The streaming service Stars Play will be the first network to show the reimagined drama that first aired back in 1999. The series starts in the US on the 9th of June, and then the show will come to the UK from the 1st of July. For these new stories and more, we update our website every day. Please visit shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, I've been Terry Starr. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. 
the Shout Out Podcast. Podcast. Who doesn't love a bit of love sensation? I know. You've got me grieving. Lolita. Yes. Who was that from, Steph? Yeah, it's got to be 76 or 77. I do Uh, love how they've lasted. Like, I would definitely listen to this until the day. That disco, disco was absolutely fantastic. was, honestly, so much good music between 70s and 80s and 90s. But obviously sampled as part of Black Box's Ride on Time. Which is another. Yes. Yes. Best-selling UK single of 1989. Is it? Oh, of course you remember that. I do indeed. It is a good song, oh, though. It's a great song. Oh, the second Summer of Love. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was a... Fa- okay, Summer of Love. Is that a thing? Yes. Well, 1967 was oh. the hippie Summer of Love. Uh, excuse me. I lived through that. <laughs> I bet you did. Uh, <laughs> and and the, the, the second Summer of Love was so called because it was the the ecstasy, the rave culture. And that was yeah. called the second Summer of Love. Okay. So, is, okay, I, I've never... I still... I want a second Summer of... I want a love. I want a third. When is this going to happen for me? Because I need to be in that, up and all up in that. You were a bit late for the first one through the middle. I was a bit late for the second one as well. (laughs) I couldn't have enjoyed any of them, but I will the third. I'll I'll make the third happen. Why don't you just start one? I will. Don't you worry. I've been planning on it. (laughs) I bet you have. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a lot of people to love, you know, to get the summer of love going. Indeed, indeed. Okay, books. Books. What do we read for the summer, Terry? Well, we've got the top ten LGBT. TQIA plus books from our friends at News From Nowhere, which is the alternative bookstore in Liverpool, number 96 Bold Street. They are online, so do check them out and always support LGBTQ plus and uh, your local community bookstores because they really need your support. Can right. I just say you printed us on beautiful paper? I just it's need to Steph that printed Oh my God, elegant. High quality GSM paper. Isn't it sexy? It's so sexy as paper. Like, it's I wish. finish, isn't it? It's so needed for a book review to have beautiful papers so Terry take it away (laughs) number 10 we have the queer mental health workbook by Dr Brendan J Dunlop and he says to be queer is to feel different or feel a sense that you don't fit in this can be alienating and lead to mental health challenges using a range of therapeutic approaches this comprehensive down to earth self help workbook is designed to be your personal mental health resource sounds cool number 9 is Gay Club by Simon James Green a landmark comedic novel about a group of queer teens at their worst and ultimately their best from one of the UK's leading writers of LGBTQ plus teen fiction. Mm. Number eight is Queer Square Mile, queer short stories from Wales, edited by Kirsty Bohata, Mihangel Morgan and Hugh Osborne. This is a groundbreaking volume uh, with a long and diverse tradition of queer writing from Wales being represented, spanning genres from ghost stories and science fiction to industrial literature and surrealist modernism these are stories of love loss and transformation it's the first anthology of its kind from wells which finally sheds light on a largely hidden queer cultural history with the careful selection of over 40 short stories ranging in a time frame from 1837 to 2018 Number seven is With Teeth by Kirsten Arnett. Oh, sorry, Kristen Arnett. Uncertain in her own feelings about motherhood, Sammy tries her best, driving, cleaning and cooking and prodding her son to finish products at school, whilst growing increasingly resentful of Monica, her confident but absent wife. Blending the warmth and width of Arnett's breakout hit, Mostly Dead Things, with a candid take on queer family dynamics, With Teeth is a thought-provoking portrait of the delicate fabric of family. 
Number six is Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake. Now, this is a clever and steamy queer romantic comedy about taking chances and accepting love with all its complications. Claire depends upon a life without surprises, and Delilah Green is an unwelcome surprise at first. And when they're forced together during wedding preparations, Claire isn't sure that she has the strength to resist Delilah's charms. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Number five. Is this the way you say that? <laughs> Queer Body Power, Finding Your Body Positivity by Essie Dennis. Now, this invites you to challenge accepted beauty standards and the concept of the perfect body. And let's face it, sometimes that does affect the gay scene, the queer mm-hmm. scene. Essie takes everything they have learned on their journey to self-acceptance and body satisfaction to help guide you towards loving your queer body. Firstly, an unapologetically written with honest advice and powerful stories from a diverse range of queer people throughout. This is an inspiring and necessary book that will show you that you are enough. Number four is Small on Motherhoods by Claire Lynch. Claire knew that having children with her wife would be complicated, but she never could have anticipated the extent to which her life would be redrawn by the process. This dazzling debut begins with the smallest of life substances, the microscopic scales, microscopic cells, sorry, subdividing in a Petri dish in a fertility treatment centre. Devastatingly poignant and profoundly observant and funny against the odds, Claire considers whether it is our smallness that makes our lives so big. Number three is Greedy, Notes from a Bisexual Who Wants Too Much by Jen Winston. This is a provocative, laugh-out-loud debut, taking us inside Jen's journey of self-discovery, leading us through stories of a childhood girl crush, an onerous quest to have a threesome, and enduring fear of being bad at sex. Greedy follows Jen's attempts to make sense of herself as she explores the role of the male gaze, what it means to be queer enough, and how to overcome bi-stereotypes when you're the poster child for all of them greedy slutty and constantly confused (laughs) that's available in paperback the price for that is uh, 15.99 number two almost at the top now is burning my roti breaking barriers as a queer indian woman by sharon daliwal with chapters covering sexual and cultural identity body hair colorism and mental health and a particular focus on the suffocating beauty standards south asian women are expected to adhere to sharon speaks openly about her journey towards loving herself offering advice support and comfort to people that are encountering the same issues now that's uh, a new book it's in hardback and that's 14.99 and so that brings us to the number one slot in May for LGBTQ plus books. And the number one is Young Mungo by Douglas Stewart. This is an extraordinary, powerful second novel from the Booker Prize-winning author of Shuggy Bane. Young Mungo is both a vivid portrayal of working-class life and the deeply moving story of the dangerous first love of two young men, Mungo and James. Young Mungo is a gripping and revealing story about the meaning of masculinity, the push and pull of family, the violence faced by so many queer people, and the dangers of loving someone too much. 
That's out now. It's in hardback because it's just been published. You can get your copy at sixteen ninety nine. Get it from News from Nowhere in Liverpool, Gays the Word London, Panado, Gay in Cardiff, or any other LGBTQIA plus bookshop. I expected now, you to go into a Fluff Freeman voice. Da, 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 da. That was him, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was. was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At, at the sound of the swinging cymbal. Yes. yes. Wow, the I did not get ten. any of these references. <laughs> okay. So, so I am books, excited. What books do you want for um, your uh, summer I quite, I quite like the sound of Greedy. Oh, yeah. Greedy is definitely on there. <laughs> yeah. Definitely on there. I am Greedy. I am all of those things. Greedy slutty and constantly <laughs> yeah, okay so glad you was, said that yeah uh, I had to um, I'd say queer body power is pretty up there as well that's a good one isn't it I, th- I immediately warmed to that one as yeah, well and actually. the queer mental health workbook everyone needs a workbook I was going to say that as well in fact I think I might buy one for my office Same. actually because there have been a couple of studies before on LGBTQIA plus mental health mm. but they've tended to be sort of academic studies mm, yes and written by clinicians for clinicians Clinicians, mm-hmm. but something that people can have in their pocket and work through. And work and like, through yeah, I and, love that you know, idea. And you know, we're much more open about mental health these days. There's some great LGBTQIA plus people talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. People like Ollie Alexander, Will Young, absolutely fantastic. How about you, Andy? Uh, what book would you go for? For, for me, it's Young Mungo. I mm. think it's a, just a, a really interesting idea, and also talking about sort of the dangers of loving someone too much. I think that's just really interesting idea so I, I think I quite like that one to, to I mean read. also Queer Square Mile and With Teeth sounds quite interesting because With mm. Teeth I like being able to like transport myself into someone else's life and how many times do you oh I've not really got that many times with a queer like female female relationship and it being honest to being like because I think there's this glorified idea of what a lesbian relationship is like it's all like a fairy tale to me but realising is is it's difficult to have kids and it's difficult especially in different dynamics yeah. so I love that and it's, it brings you back to reality and the quest square mile like who doesn't love an anthology like that about like multiple stories yeah and again you know Wales is you know it's got a small mm. gay scene it's growing but it's still very much focused on Cardiff and mm. Swansea at the moment mm. so yeah. there was a time when you were stories. the only gay in the village wasn't there I was never the only gay in the village. I did live in Wales, but an actual fact, we had a lot of gays. There was a lot of... Oh. I remember that in Aberystwyth, this was, well, you know, in the 1990s, there was a lot of lesbians that la- lived in the hills, mm. you know, and moved there. <laughs> well, they moved there for the sort of part of the feminist back to the land movement of the 70s. Mm. Then there was sort of like the, the urban hills. gay guys okay. in town. We all used to meet in the pub. And all the lesbians oh, would sit so on one cute. side, and all the, the gay, gay men. Yeah, there's such a variety. Yeah, I love that. Uh, in rubber shorts? Sorry? In rubber shorts? I might have been, but that's a very long time ago. I, I was they probably rotted away pictures. now. I need shorts. to see receipts. I need to see these things. I'm sorry. Terry in leather shorts or pleather shorts or whatever you're wearing. It's just. Oh, nice uh, yes. See. I used to sell rubber gear for a Ooh. living part time anyway in, oh, a, in okay. a gay adult shop. Oh, that's, yeah. there's a show right there. <laughs> there is. <laughs> Memoirs. <laughs> Memoirs. I'm, I'm definitely going to be your understudy. Not even understudy. Yes, the creator co-host. of Shout Out, <laughs> History of Terence Starr. I would love to. Look, which brings us to, of course, the uh, 
uh, or the gay starter kit. We're going to get somebody in from uh, <laughs> yes. Prowler oh, to talk about... Oh, how many times have we been talking about the we're gay gonna starter kit? We're going to revive it. We need to write a book, <laughs> and the book is going to get reviewed, and like, we're going to... Yeah, it's going to be on the list, because yeah. we, need, we need a whole starter kit. A well, workbook. We do. We need... Well, we need gay starter kit, but I guess we need one for men, one for, for women, um, yeah. maybe yeah. even a trans one. one. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. a trans one. So that it's... Non-binary. I oh. mean, we've got percentages of gay people going up, LGBT. So you know we'll have starter kits because yeah. there's some brand there's brand new sparkling gay people out there. Yeah, no, we Baby need to gays. help them. We need to like get <laughs> okay. them into the agenda and like help yeah. grow, help grow them, water their plants so they can grow into beautiful <laughs> gay flowers. Thank you, people. You're more than welcome. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Shout Out Podcast. Sound Detroit, Motor City, USA. Tell me That is the four tops. Reach out. I will be there. We will and, be there um, for you with absolutely. the handbook. Will we just? To... Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, we got somebody swinging from a wardrobe Ooh. that refused to come on the show, Andy. Yes. Um, a few of our regular listeners will remember Councillor Chris Windows from some statements that he made back in, I think, it was 2010, 2011, um, and he's in the papers again, uh, asked, sort of asking the licensing committee to make a final decision on the licensing of sexual entertainment venues because he wants a nil cap in the city of Bristol. Why? Um, who knows? Why um, does it impact anyone to have strip clubs in the city? Well, it's, it, it's lots of women's groups say it makes things safer if they're there. There are other women's groups that say yes. it makes it unsafe. Um, there, there are lots of people on the fence and there has been a public consultation about it. Mm. Um, I think most of us would just rather it was there so that if people wish to do it, wish yeah. to go. Yeah. Council does do. seem to have this theme going on. Yes, it, rather than a little bit of a, a rather theme than about the roads or dustbins. Or yes, it seems to be constant comments about things related to Lookies. sex. Lookies. I, think, I really do love how people who have no... Not that you shouldn't have an opinion on it. Everyone should have, is entitled to an opinion, but I hate when they state it like it's like it should. It's fact or something that should be like. It's 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 uh, to me. I feel like it should be something that should be there, um, and it's it could be regulated. It can be made to be less harmful. But the fact that if you're trying to take it away, how does that help anyone besides validate your own thoughts and feelings? I don't know. I, I think that's that's for a lot of people. That is the view that mm. if it's there people can choose to choose to do so or choose not to go exactly. it's it's the it gives people the option rather than creating further issues or forcing things underground exactly and in the uk we already have this ish insane in my opinion idea that like we shouldn't have like people in a house together like operate isn't two um, sex workers in a house they can't operate their services even though that's probably more safe than them doing it any other way but we have a law against that and so yeah it just frustrates me they're taking all the ways for sex workers to actually work and you've just reminded me that uh, back in the very early days of post decriminalisation of 1967 of male homosexuality student whores were weren't covered so two gay guys that were students they weren't allowed to sleep together in a student yep. hall they were they were really? <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it was a very strange it, law if yeah. you lived in if you lived in a shared house if someone else was at home you weren't you weren't by law well, allowed to have sex really yes <laughs> wow yeah that was only changed in about 2003 i think yeah that, oh, that, that, that came out big with, reform yeah and the reform yes mm, so, 
I, yeah. yeah, politicians are interesting, aren't they? Interesting oh, people. Yes. I, what a wonderful yeah. phrase, interesting. Because <laughs> you know interesting is code for so many things. <laughs> well, yes, but I think, I think it allows people to explore yeah. that, uh, that interest. Uh, after all, they're, they're, they're normal people. Yeah, they they're, are. They're no different to us. It's, it is they hold a lot different standards in different places, and I just feel like it, if it's going to cause detriment to people... Why have it? Well, we've run out of time. We need to wrap this up. There isn't much time left on the electricity meter. Oh, no. Well, there's enough time for me to remind you that you can catch our, all our previous shows and podcasts by going on our website, our cheeky little website, shoutoutradio.lgbt. That's all we have time for this week. If you enjoyed the show, then tell your friends where to find us. For now, from Lara and the rest of the team, that is Terry, Andy, and myself, Steph. We'll be back next week. Go be fabulous. Darlings. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT radio for you.